Deadly Ed acknowledges the traditional custodians throughout Australia and their continuing connection to country, sea and community. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and future and recognise their continuing connection and contribution to this land and Aboriginal education. Welcome back to yet another deadly episode of The Deadly Dose. Uh, my name's Josh Brown and as always joined by uh, one of the greatest people to come from the Wiradjuri lands of uh, Western New South Wales, Courtney Ruby. Courts, how are you going? Josh, that's probably the nicest thing you've ever said to me. It's all right. I'm just... I'm a bit taken aback. Anyway, I am very good because we have a really special guest today and I'm excited to yarn with her. And let's just get into it because she's got lots to say. <laughs> exactly right. Um, introducing yeah, one of uh, our deadly mates, Anna Malat. Welcome to the Deadly Dose. Hey, guys. I just want to get this out of the way nice and early. Um, Anna Malat, no relation to Ivan. <laughs> just- Wanted to clear the air. <laughs> I don't know what people are expecting from this podcast, but <laughs> that's that's a good point. Thank you for no, yeah. that. For anyone no, who may have been going, um, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no affiliation with Blangelo State Forest. Absolutely. So. None. <laughs> okay. Very good. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have a have a very deadly yarn with uh, with Anna about. A few different things, obviously talking about some of, I guess, her things that she's certainly grown up with, learning about Aboriginal education and how it's changed today, uh, a bit about her professional career, being a teacher and then now not obviously being a classroom teacher as such, but how she's gone about being a non-Aboriginal person, being in a classroom, being in a school setting and being able to support Aboriginal students and embedding Aboriginal education as a non-Aboriginal person, which I think a lot of, uh, certainly our listeners will uh, be on their on the edge of their seat waiting uh, for that for those answers to come, I'm sure. But uh, then we're going to get into, yeah, we did get, uh, go through a, a question that we got um, from one of our followers and then, yeah, our final three questions. Sounds good. Sounds really yes. good. I hope yes. you're excited, Anna. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's just kick it off. Anna, my beautiful friend Anna, a bit of backstory. Anna is probably the best person, sorry, Josh, but the <laughs> best person that I met in wow. 2013, which was the same year that I met Josh. So, yeah, sorry, probably second best you are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Take the silver medal. But anyway, yeah, so Anna and I met on our first day of uni, which is really sweet. So we have a very very nice little um, friendship surrounding our teaching career. But Anna, do you want to tell us about your career so far? What have you been up to? Where have you been? Who have you seen? What do you know? Cool. Well, I might start from the beginning. So um, I grew up in Newcastle on a Wobbacool land and I've always felt connected to that country. Um, I grew up with a really beautiful bushland reserve behind my house big gum trees, kookaburras and past that just kept going on and on. And before moving here when he was a young boy, my dad grew up in a forest in Croatia with not many other people around. And if you know my dad, that makes sense. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking <laughs> bears and wolves and things like that. Um, he's definitely instilled that love of nature in me. So I think that's why we grew up with the bush in our backyard. Um, I'm a musician. I sing and play guitar. And one of my favourite things to do is to listen to stories through music. And loving stories, when I finished school, after a bit of travelling overseas and at home, I went on to study and become an English high school and history teacher. And, yeah, on that journey I met you two beautiful people. So, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Um, actually, we're about to hear from Anna now. She's going to sing us a song. Um, so. <laughs> Island home, please. <laughs> <laughs> send in your send in your requests. That's probably we'll, we'll, it we'll attach it to the podcast at the end or something. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's gonna be the new intro song. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yes, as Court and Josh have already both mentioned, um at university, Courtney has a better memory of this than I do. Not to say I don't love you as much as you love me. I don't really remember the moment oh. we but I do remember you being there through my whole university journey. And um that was, I guess, how I got into Aboriginal education. Court and Josh, you're already there, right, at a local high school doing some Northern Order tutoring which focused on supporting our kids to develop um, numeracy and literacy. How long were you there before Court got there? Uh, the, I was there a year prior to when you guys, yeah, came along. Yeah, so he set it up real nice for us, didn't he, Court? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of the builder, of the builder, they call me. Oh, but Darren was there before. We'll get into that. Ah, Daz, yeah, (laughs) the legendary Daz. Yeah, but yeah, I think Court knew that I was passionate about Aboriginal education, and that's why when a job came up, she um, recommended that I go for it, and I got it, and I felt really lucky to land myself there. Everyone was really welcoming. That was my journey into education and into Aboriginal education. Um, and and I never left the gun room, even though you two did. So <laughs> what year was that, do you think? Was that around 2013-14? Um, end, of, end of 2014, that was my last year there. I think for me too, actually. Yeah, okay. So I've probably been there for more like um, eight or nine years. Yeah, you've been there for a while now. A veteran. Yeah. A veteran of the gun yeah. room, eh? That's He's part right. of the manager. Now, just, just for FYI, for those listening, uh, the Gunya Room is just the the room set up there at the school, which basically is where all, I guess, Aboriginal students can go to for support with learning for assignments, just to chill out, to learn more about the culture. And I guess it's a bit of like a, a culturally safe space in the school for, for students and also for non-Aboriginal students as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. So um, I went on to become, like, to get my teaching qualification. So my workload has changed since we were all there, but I have kept that connection um, relationship to the gun room and the staff down there, which is really beautiful. And I've been working on um, a whole heap of different programs over that time period, so literacy support, leadership, and um, other sort of mentoring programs, I guess. My recent workload has been working with Uncle Daz, Mel and Robin. Um, We've actually gotten Aboriginal studies up and running for the first time this year in many years. That's been a really wonderful journey. Um, Really, really cool. I also work with some of our Year 10 kids to get them a bit more ready for their transition into the senior campus. Um, And we have a really cool leadership group 
who have been helping our Year 6 First Nations students in their transition to high school, running little sessions and programs. Um, also been doing some really cool fundraising stuff just this last week uh, to support Cassius Turvey's family and their fight for justice. Okay. Yep. Some of our kids um, brought that up as an idea and they've been making jewellery and art pieces to raffle off and word just came in yesterday that I think we raised around 900 bucks. Wow. So, yeah, there's lots of cool things that, that go on in our gunny room and I'm really proud yeah. of the team and the, the people I get to work with every day. Yeah, you seem to just sort of, you know, it does just pulls out all the all the different ideas every year. Just there's always something unique and new happening um, up there in, in Newcastle. Um, yeah, and I think the reason I can't leave that space is because I learn so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like family. So yeah, very lucky. All right, so what we'll get into a bit now, Anna, is take us a bit of through, I guess. What was Aboriginal education like for you growing up in school and sort of what, how do you feel like it's changed through the things you see, feel, kind of hear? Yeah, yeah okay. Um, well, yeah, when I was younger, I went to a small primary school. There were some beautiful Aboriginal kids in my classes. Um, I wouldn't say I was aware of culture as much as I am back then, but reflecting. Um, I don't really remember learning too much about any culture really. Um, we learn a bit about history, but I remember words like Captain Cook and the First Fleet, like that was kind of the lens that we learnt through. Surprising. Yeah, <laughs> don't hear that one much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We had visitors come and share culture through dig and dance from time to time, probably at NADOC events, but nothing really embedded in our learning. And, you know, I wasn't really aware of the truths of the land until I was in high school and I remember learning about the Mile Creek Massacre. Now okay. I know that we learned more than that, but that's the one thing that really stuck with me. Um, I remember sitting at home. It must have been for an assignment or something. We were doing the Rights and Freedoms Unit in Year 10. And it's funny, it's one of those memories where you remember what colour couch you were sitting on, what it was like outside at night. Um, I think I was just really shocked. Um, to learn to learn what's happened and yeah I felt really angry and sort of like I don't know I still think it was taught though like Aboriginal culture and peoples were something of history yeah okay and I guess maybe also only teaching things in the rights and freedom unit as history we weren't really taught that it's something that's still alive and ongoing and yeah, it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I made a stronger connection. Um, when I was 19, I went travelling around different parts of Australia and that was really cool because I got to connect with some places up and down the coast and inland and um, could see culture in different ways and feel, I guess, the spirit of the land. Um, but, yeah, I definitely was taught implicitly by school and society that Aboriginal culture was linked with history and not the present. And now, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I guess when when you say you know you went traveling around, what were some of the things that really stood out to you when you were traveling around and experiencing culture? Maybe just stories that people would tell me, like sitting down at a, um at a camp site, 
somewhere couldn't even tell you where and just having a conversation with someone and saying oh like this feels like a really important place it's um really beautiful and then someone actually sharing a story about why that might have been important connected to aboriginal peoples um so story sharing and also just going to different sites like king's canyon or uluru and learning a little bit about the history and going okay but then also seeing the communities there Still so many things that I I wish I could have gone a bit further and had more conversations with people, but it was just a different perspective to maybe growing up in the city as well. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I think that's an interesting turning point for you in that such like a dark piece of history is what had brought you into like this space of knowing as a young teenager, like, you know, why do these things happen? Where do you go from here? And obviously, you know, you would attest to the fact that as you get older, um, you know, things that relate to Aboriginal people that we learn through storytelling and whatnot, like it's not all dark. And I think that would have been, you know, a nice part of your journey to go, well, these things happen, but I'm able to enjoy culture in a space that is you know, really comforting and safe in the role that you do now. Um, Your role is really unique. Well, I want to say it's unique and I think it's it's really meaningful and it's impactful. And your role is to not only work with Aboriginal students but also their families and the community and, you know, those who make up your learning community at school. Um, So you would have learned a lot of things of how to navigate that. And we know that it can be tricky to navigate that. Um, But what would be some of your tips for other non-Aboriginal educators to navigate the Aboriginal education space maybe a bit better or a bit more with confidence? Yeah, totally. Um, I think it takes, it can take time, but developing relationships is absolutely key. Like you can't do anything without relationships and that's with staff and students and families. Um, So taking the time to get to know your kids and where they're from, and that applies to students from all backgrounds anyway, but it's really important encourage your kids to make connections to their culture, country and mob in their learning. And I guess like some people think that, oh, they go, oh, I'm too scared. I don't know how to teach Aboriginal culture. It's like you're not teaching Aboriginal culture, but rather like having space for First Nations perspectives or voices on topics to be present in that learning. Um, And I think something that the kids both Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal really um, respond to is just showing that you're passionate about learning and also that you are not going to get everything right and you're not a perfect person. Like they really, really take that on board. Um, And it's like the little things too, I think, when we're looking at the kids, like even having your language map up on your wall and pointing to that instead of your more traditional map of Australia and then the conversations that that can open up um showing respect like even my lanyard that you bought me caught maybe like two or three years ago now I refuse to take that off I love it I wear it all the time it's got a beautiful Aboriginal design on it and kids will often comment on that so like that symbolism I think is important too yeah Um, absolutely not just covering First Nations topics when we're looking at history, but also celebrating knowledges and achievements in our other moments of learning too. Um, 
showing up, building relationships with staff in your school, not just showing up when you need something. Yeah, yeah that's a big yeah. one. I like to yeah. explain. <laughs> yeah. So go and have a cup of tea, attend meetings and listen. And, you know, I think students see that relationship too and they feel safe then with you if you're in that in I say like a gun room space, if, if you're down there and students are coming in, like they see that you are taking time and learning and respecting culture. Yeah, yeah. But I think one of the part, uh, one of the things to navigate is also not taking up too much space um, as a non-Aboriginal person. So um, sometimes it's a bit hard to know how to include um, staff members or Aboriginal staff members without them feeling like, oh, you're a resource, can I use you? Because that's not what you want to create at all. Like you need to show up and get involved in things like NAIDOC and Reconciliation Day, have a go at doing an acknowledgement because that's not just Aboriginal people's responsibility. Like we're all walking together from different places but in a similar direction. Um, and, yeah, trying to use ped- Aboriginal pedagogies in your lessons so... I know that this sounds really simple, but um, I can't tell you how much sitting around in a circle format and checking in at the start of every lesson has changed my teaching with a year seven class this year. Yeah, okay. And that's something that Darren showed me in the gun you're yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are some of the things that you've seen that are like have really changed the whole kind of just dynamic yeah. by doing that? Well, it's just kind of like as soon as they come in, I think everybody feels like we're at equal level um, and everyone feels a bit more accountable to be there. And at the start I thought it was just for the kids um, to get them a bit more focused and present, but then I realised it was me as well. Yeah, okay. So part of the lesson I'll go up and get organised on my computer and I'm not really there. I haven't even really looked at a kid yet and I can feel that stress in me and, it's made me go, no, I need to sit down at that table and check in before I even get up and start my learning and lesson because we're humans before anything else in that part, power dynamic of teacher-student relationship. Yeah, and I think the yeah, kids wow. are more likely to put away their phones and get a bit more organised and, you know, we can also have a laugh or it's just a really nice way to start the lesson that sets us up for the next 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess like when, when you started there in that space of like, hey, I'm in a space where I've got to connect with some of these Aboriginal students. I've never met them before. What were sort of the things that you kind of either did or you thought of or the like the path that you went down to build that connection and to build that authentic connection? Because I think a lot of not just not just teachers and educators, but I think a lot of support staff can struggle with that at times. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a funny one, isn't it? Well, it's not. It's pretty easy. I think just building relationships, like asking them where where they're from. Um, did they grow up in Newcastle? When we started to share some Aboriginal perspectives in our learning or, you know, whether that be through a song we were listening to or a story that was being shared or Uncle Darren being in the room, like you get to know these little things along the way and, um often because I've been working there for so long as well there'll be like family members that have come through and then making those connections are really important to those kids yeah and and just like really taking the time to try and then connect their learning to their interests and their identity yeah I think that's really 
yeah, if they're stuck in there, I don't know what to write my story about and this. And it's like, well, where do you go on? Where do you go in your two week break? And then you learn so much through that. Yeah. Question. Yeah. It's, it's like, and it's also a good conversation kind of starter to start to build that rapport with that person. Cause then it's like, if they talk about stuff that maybe you've seen or you've been to or you've experienced, then you can kind of connect on that level That's rather it. than kind of a superficial one. That's absolutely correct. And then like, something that's cool as well that's happened sort of over the year with some kids is even like showing up to community events and things like um, multicultural days or a march or community NADOC or just any event where I know that our dance group's performing or where there's going to be kids because then they sort of see you there and their families do too and it's a nice way to connect to them through their world. And they, they'll often talk about it. They say, oh, I saw Sir or Miss or this person at this event and it's, yeah, they see that you're there and it's really nice. I think the last thing I just want to say there is have the humility to know that you aren't perfect and you're not going to get everything right the first time. Your intentions are important and you should check in with yourself. Make sure that you're being genuine and think about your own input into the learning space and openly talk about that with your kids. Um, which values, perspectives or knowledges are you focusing on or unintentionally sharing? And model your respect to non-Aboriginal students too because they'll pick up on this. Um, always ask the most suitable person in your space if you're not sure about a teaching topic or how to connect with one of the kids. I find that works really, really nicely. There you go. Some more uh, amazing top tips there. That was really good. Anyone yeah. listening to that, I think you've summarised that so well, Anna. Yeah. Very valuable. I really thought about it. I thought about what I was going to say. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> well, you do it though. So, I mean, what do you have to think about? That's yeah, true. well, exactly right. That's right. Now, we did get, uh, you know, we, we love getting questions from uh, from our, our followers out there. So, thank you to everyone. Um, but the main one wanted to... <laughs> get to today was well you know how can how can non-aboriginal staff teach the year nine history curriculum with an indigenous focus certainly all the stuff that Anna certainly told us um obviously the second or the first thing you should definitely do is go and buy our secondary history pack <laughs> for sure it's all in there yeah, I mean, yeah that's my it's all in there but certainly i'd say it's really looking at your own education first that's a really big one yeah i would Um, also say um like if you're not sure where to start reading things is really good um and so when you're reading books like perhaps you know young dark emu or dark emu or something of the likes really pick up on the type of language that's being used you know moving away from i guess that you know, Australia wasn't settled, it was invaded. You know, we can't say that settlement was peaceful. Like using terms like settlement sort of indicates that there was this peaceful negotiation between Aboriginal peoples and colonisers, but it wasn't. So, you know, being really mindful of using words like invasion, colonisation, you know, looking into the frontier wars. There was a really great series that was on last month on... Was it the ABC or SBS, The Australian Wars by Rachel Perkins? Like that's yep. a really good place to start to 
have a look at, well, what actually happened and how can I learn from that and then replicate that understanding in my classroom and, you know, move away from things that are really overdone, you know. Like, I mean, yeah, the there are so many resources out there now about the frontier wars which really reshifts the narrative of Australian history. And so I think what's really important is that if you want to approach this year nine history topic, you really have to reshift your own understanding of Australian history and reconstruct that with Aboriginal perspectives that you're going to have to go and find yourself prior to going into your classroom and saying, hey, this is what happened. I'd also come back to that point you said, Courts, about language use. I've always found, particularly with year seven and 10 groups, is that really break down the terms that you're using and use like an example or a metaphor so they understand it. So when we're talking about settlement, pick out like an example that they're probably used to to understand what settlement is. Like if it was, say, if it was me and my year nine history class, I'd be like, okay, what do, we, what do we think settlement is? And I'd probably go down the path of kind of like, hey, settlement is kind of like when you, when your parents or yourself, you might get a house one day, both parties settle on the terms, all right? So on both sides of the fence, everyone's happy. Now, if we apply the same situation in this context, did that happen? Well, no, it didn't. So therefore, it can't be settlement, can it? Because no, neither part, or one party definitely got the better deal and the other party definitely didn't get any deal in the end. So yeah. I think also breaking down the terms that are being used in history and looking at, hey, this is what we used to either have to teach or or what I got taught about when I was at school in history and we got taught about settlement but when we look at what a settlement is, it's actually completely wrong. So I find particularly the 7 to 10 age groups is breaking down the actual terms themselves um, and we can't just assume all students understand what the word invasion means. Obviously, some might, some definitely might not, what settlement means and all those different terms as well rather than just getting into the hardcore kind of content of it all. Um, we want to just jump straight in there. At times, I find you need to sort of break down the most simple things at the very start as well. Yeah, and on that, I think what's really good is that the current New South Wales syllabus does have a glossary in the back that has some really, even though they're quite basic definitions, they are good definitions. So, I mean, if you're doing a lesson where you're setting up the historical context to, you know, explore the narrative of the first fleet arriving to Australia, um, you know, you could utilise those definitions and then at the end of the lessons, you know, have those conversations go, okay, well, where does this term invasion apply? Like how does it how does it match what we've just learnt about? And, you know, you can help students sort of come to that understanding themselves. So, yeah, that's a really good point, Josh. Now, Anna, mm. what's uh, – actually probably coming back to what you were – saying before about uh, books or videos or potentially podcasts and what what would you is there a book video podcast that you'd recommend anyone that you've either watched or read or listened to for people to learn more about Aboriginal culture or Aboriginal education there's a few actually Josh Um, it's a bit hard to narrow it down to one but the coolest thing to note about the three examples or the three three books I'm going to recommend is that it was my learning that was so valuable in this process. 
that yep. I then was able to um, share with students. So mm -hmm. um, really going in like in that vulnerable way, being like, well, I don't know everything, even though I'm meant to be a teacher or an expert at this subject. That's not the case. Like I always admit I'm always learning and try to model that respect. Um, one that I finished reading in the big school holidays last year was Sand Talk yep. by Tyson Young Kapoor. Have either of you read that one or you've seen you it? You gave it to me. I did give it to you. Okay. Yes. The reason I really like that book is because it challenged my own thinking. Um, it made me think about like my own culture and I guess like the, the world around me. Um, and I guess he just kind of gives you a, an Indigenous, like, knowledge perspective or way of thinking about different things. So that was really wonderful. It really um, made me think about how I could teach a little bit differently in my classroom or just think about the world a bit differently. Um, another really awesome one that Court and I were both introduced to at uni, Welcome to Country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Cracking book. Have you read that one? Yeah, that's uh, another one that's in our teacher resource packs. No, actually, is this the other one? The um, the one from the top end. Yeah, so it's a beautiful. Oh, book. not not no. Marcia Langton. No, uh, it's a great book though. Who oh, wrote that? Um, there you go. Black Black and families. Yeah. Um, and it's a collaboration between women in the in an Arnhem Land community and women from the Newcastle or the University of Newcastle. So. It's like a really beautiful and welcoming invitation to sort of witness a cultural perspective that was different from my own. And mm -hmm. just the way it's written, it's really like um, come with us. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, it just really taught me again just that the world is, doesn't look one way just because I was brought up to think a certain way. Um, yeah. And, Very and much my resonates with maths, that one. Yeah. There's yeah. not just one way of doing it. Is there courts? I'm not good at maths, so don't ask me. <laughs> Neither am I, but I mean, maybe that was the way we would talk court. Maybe we're really good at maths, but we're just not good at the way that we learned it. <laughs> don't drag me into this. <laughs> talk about yourself, Dal. <laughs> um, and the other one that I'm going to recommend before we, you know, go any further with maths is. Um, Corey Tut or Tut, Corey yep. Tut, the first scientist, deadly inventions and innovators. Um, I really enjoyed reading that one and sharing bits and pieces out of that book with certain classes because I think that well, a, a kid, I think it was in my year 10 class recently, sort of spoke about how we don't always focus on um, empowering parts of Aboriginal histories. And this is a really wonderful book to look at, like, the fact that we've got the first inventors, um, artists, scientists, people who understood the land, cared for country, sustainability, like, and it's all really relevant. It looks at um, it as something that's ongoing. And I, yeah, really, really recommend that read. Yeah, absolutely. They're all really good um, accessible books as well. So, I mean, you know, if you feel like you're not the most avid reader or the most quick reader, they're really nice books to follow along at your own pace. So, yeah. yeah. And, like, not too big as well. Like, they're not excessively long. Like, they're not, like, this massive. Oh, you'd be able to do it, Josh, yeah. Yeah, like, it's not a big, like, Harry Potter series. So, don't, no, don't fear that it's going to be, like, you look at it and you're, like, 
You know, when you see your book and you're like, oh, nah, don't have time for that. <laughs> Especially the last two. I think, you know, I've had, or these have been sitting in various staff rooms around where I've had them on my desk or handing them to staff. And I think sometimes they'll see it as like, oh, it's just for the kids, but it's beautifully illustrated and mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy to read, but it's actually, yeah, like I said before, I learned so much from these stories and books. They're really valuable. So yeah. now last question, Anna, is yeah. if you're a school principal or a company CEO tomorrow, yeah. What would be a brand new initiative, the Animal Art initiative <laughs> that you'd introduce to staff around Aboriginal culture? Okay. Yeah, this is an interesting question. There's just one, hey, one idea here. <laughs> Yeah, look, um, that's, no, that's all no. for now. Yeah, um, that, that's all HR is going to allow for now. Okay, all right. We've got one opportunity. Yeah. I think I had a bit of a think about this, Josh and Court, and I think that one of the most important ways to teach staff or just to invite staff to learn more would be to, like, immerse them in an experience, like let them embody um an experience that has to do with Aboriginal culture. Uh, I think that we need to connect with Aboriginal organisations or people who can come in and and share knowledge or take us to an important site. And and that way we actually learn so many things because we're doing it. Yeah, learning through doing. So it could be like a PL um, going out to a significant site in the local area led by someone who is really knowledgeable about that place and just sharing just you learn so many things through the stories that would be told and just um, that partnership there and then also you know not only having um, people come in to do PL or just to teach the staff it's like that's where that relationship could start and then I wonder if there'd be opportunities where the school could pay for that person to come in um, and work with a science faculty or come in and do some lessons on certain topics that were being taught at the school mm-hmm. and just creating that relationship. Like it's it might be hard to get off the ground and running straight away, but there are so many people that you could contact to help develop that, the local AECG. Um, people within the school would have contacts and just really like valuing that and seeing the worth of it. No, that's great. That's a great idea. Um, certainly if you're... Maybe you guys, Deadly Ed, like... <laughs> yeah, well, look, um, you know, always always doing, you know, whichever cultural learning experiences that teachers or businesses want to do. But, you know, I think if you're certainly around uh, the Newcastle region or, or near where, where Anna works, um, certainly if you contact some of the guys there, um, there's one guy in particular, Daz, offering, you know, a, a fishing tour extraordinary experience so i heard you sing some good songs yeah so you know if you want uh just a, a day f- filled with just awesome uh fishing combined with some some great dad jokes and and uh and the like get in contact with anna <laughs> sure. yeah, that's, it. that's it he's great i've already um recently we, we all we love does I put Daz out for a raffle prize recently and he thought that was great. So there you <laughs> go. the whole wider community listening nice. to Nice. That's but good. I think, I think that it just comes back down to that though. Like it's really about relationships, hey, and they take time and I'm really lucky because mm. I've come into a school space um, 
funnily enough, invited in there by you two and have just really developed relationships with Uncle Darren, Mel, Arnie Robin, and I just feel really supported in my role. Um, And, yeah, if it wasn't for them and those relationships, I think I'd feel a little bit stuck with some of the stuff we'd been talking about. But, yeah, really, really blessed. And I hope that in the future that will be the norm in all workspaces. But I think it comes back to, though, is the way that you were able to build those relationships because you just were open from the very start. It's not this sort of preconceived idea of I've got to act in a certain way or maybe I just have these sort of pre-planned questions for people so I don't seem like awkward. It's just like, no, I was just myself. I just connect with people on a genuine level and it just kind of eventually grows over time, which, look, I think there's a lot of people who just don't know how to do that or just have, they, they just overthink it way too much when we're talking about, you know, connecting with mob or, you know, creating connections with people in the community. Yeah, and it doesn't always have to be about just talking about cultural topics, does it? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like actually just going and yeah. get to know the people in your space from all different backgrounds and then th- those things will feel easier um, when they come up. It's just, you know, actually heart to heart. Like, mm. um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a really great point to end with is that, yeah, just you want to connect with backfields. We don't just all just only want to talk about culture like there's other things in our lives other than just (laughs) talking about culture (laughs) um i think that's i think it's a really big point that yeah okay we want to connect to aboriginal people we don't just have this long list of like okay who's your mob um what's your favorite cultural practice uh what's you know like there's more to people's lives than just that. Yeah, like what would you get up to on the weekend, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I've, and I've been like that before too and I've seen people do it. Um, it just creates a bit of a barrier sometimes maybe because it might feel like you're coming down and you're um, asking without really developing that relationship. Mm. So, yeah, that Putting would be like a good advice, I reckon. Yeah, more like ticking a box or, hey, like could you do acknowledgement or – do you want to be a part of this event? But, you, you know, if you haven't really come down into that space, then I don't know. It just sometimes feels like you don't just have to be doing everything like from the perspective of what looks good. It's like come down and just have those yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, especially it's like, you know, if you want to connect with courts, don't just ask, oh, someone about culture, ask, hey, courts, where'd you go out for breakfast this time? Or where, where, where'd you get that last massage from? You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that courts, uh, connects yeah, exactly. well with. Absolutely. <laughs> you know me so well, do you? <laughs> it's the same with our kids in our classroom, I think. I've mm. had to pull myself up a couple yep. of times assuming that um, some of my kids who I know are really proud of culture will want to write their story about something to do with culture or, you know, that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. It's we're all really complex people and, yeah. 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 And I guess the other thing is don't just assume all, all black fellas just play footy or everyone just plays rugby league because it's definitely yeah. not the case either. <laughs> <laughs> Such a sporty spice over here. You will catch me out on the field, don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) When are we going for a massage? (laughs) Sports sports massage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shopping is my time, right? (laughs) But I love the work that you guys are doing because it's really important and hopefully like it'll just be a part of education systems to have, you know, 
everyone has access to these resources that you guys have been developing and good on you. Thanks, mate. Well, to- <laughs> what's that? I'm lucky to know you too. Oh, um, please. You've been great. I think please. this was really nice and it was really good to have someone like you on the show today to reiterate, you know, the things that we've been talking about and to show that it is possible for non-Aboriginal educators to get in there and have a go and you've given some really good tips. So very insightful, Anna. Thank you. Yeah, we're just all learning. We're always learning and I think if always. you get to that, then you're on the right track. So yeah. Exactly right. Thanks for coming on the Deadly Dose this week, Anna. Really appreciate your time. Oh, Great to see you. Connect. Hey? You're in the big smoke now. You have to come visit us in Newcastle sometime. Oh, I know. Well, that's what Dad's keep saying, well, you know. Um, but, no, I'll promise we'll, we'll be up there 2023 many times, mainly just to annoy courts, but we will uh, certainly be in there to, to pay a visit. Don't you worry. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, look after yourselves. Thanks, mate. That's it for this week's Deadly Dose. If you have a question about Aboriginal education that you'd like to be answered on our show, be sure to message us on any of our social platforms or by sending us an inquiry through our website at deadlyed.com.au.